Hey, you guys, hope you're well. I just wanted to take this opportunity and let you know about our amazing new business scalability scorecard. So have you ever wondered if, you've, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and you want to grow and scale the business but not sure how, and you're looking for some advice and you're looking for some strategies about how you could effectively grow and scale your business, well, this is your opportunity. We have actually created an amazing business scalability scorecard. It takes you around seven to eight minutes, and at the end of that, it will actually create a report of all of the things that you're doing particularly well in and the things that you need to make improvements to your business. It's a great tool and a great asset for your business. To get free access to that, go to bit.ly forward slash business hyphen scalability hyphen scorecard. Go there, go now. Take care, see you soon. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hey, this is Chris Cooper, and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Wonderful to be back with you for yet another week. I hope you all you know, keeping well wherever you are around the world. Um, incredibly, there's over 50 countries access this show every month. So it's just great to, um, to, to be able to communicate with you. And I do love to hear from you as well. So do feel that you can email me if you've got any thoughts, feedback, ideas um, of, uh, of, of potential subject areas you'd like to explore. You do get in touch with me, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. And today, I'm, I'm really excited again today. We've got another amazing guest. Um, we, we've got Adam Strong on today, and we're going to be finding all about Adam shortly. We're going to be talking about tribes, but hey, we can't miss out the opportunity to talk about the links with business and sport, because Adam's got an amazing, amazing um, CV and, and background. And before we do that, um, I'd like to say a big thank you to uh, my guest um, on the last show, Jessica Richards. Uh, Jessica is an amazing lady, um, psychotherapist, uh, has her own Harley Street practice, was voted one of the three best speakers for the Academy of Chief Executives in a decade. And we talked about well, lots of things about kind of mindset, really, and dealing with COVID and, uh, and, and how to manage your own timeline, manage your own future um, so that it doesn't it shifts trajectory, really. So if you're interested in looking at how can you really step up elevate what can we do to yourself to get rid of your limiting beliefs so you can move forward do check out that uh, that interview and then then last week i had a holiday um so we played the um interview uh, about my 400th show and all the lessons and learnings that i'd had um so take a listen to that as well if you want to get a sense of some of the key things that I, i've learned through 400 episodes of the business elevation show so to my guest today um to adam strong um adam is, well, can anybody describe him as an ultra high achiever? He's also a productivity authority. He's an entrepreneur, an elite athlete, an international speaker. Uh, he's um, also the founder of the Game Changers Experience podcast, which is, is, is huge. Um, I even saw it quoted the other day, I think on the BBC the other day. He currently runs three different businesses. He enjoys working with business owners, with entrepreneurs, small to medium-sized companies. This is really cool. 
Um, he, he trained for three years with Olympic and world champion um, athlete, uh, Sir Mo Farah, um, who's over here in the United Kingdom. He's completely revered. I mean, if he can keep up with Mo, um, he must be pretty, pretty astonishing. And he uses that skill set to help teach businesses to elevate their, their performance and get greater results. Um, he's written two books, uh, Move It or Lose It and Fit Body, Fit Business. His third book comes out in October and he has this podcast, The Game Changes Experience, as I've mentioned. Now, I'm, I'm looking at this list here because Adam has featured on the front page. He's been the cover model on um, some amazing um, publications um, on um, People magazine, um, um, Global Man magazine, Huffington Post. People in uh, Management Magazine, he's interviewed some really cool people um, through his interviews and also shared the stage with the likes of John Travolta. Um, I wonder if he did a bit, of a, a bit of a dance when he did that one. Vanilla Ice, Calvin Klein, 50 Cent and uh, Nido Cobain. Um, so a huge welcome to my guest today, Adam Strong. Hey, Chris, thanks very much. Really appreciate you having me on the show today. Really excited. I'm a big fan of the show. Very welcome, and it's uh, it's great to be to have you here today. And and, and I'm intrigued by your by kind of background. Before we should first say that you've got a you've got a British accent, but you don't live in the you know, UK at the moment, do you? No, I uh, well, you know, being an entrepreneur, I, you know, we all have choices in life, Chris. Right. So for me, I navigate between Scandinavia, the UK, and where I am currently, which is in the Mediterranean. You know, because you know, for me. Life should be about having fun. It should be about having uh, free choices to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, when, whenever you want. And, and for me, that's what I enjoy doing. So hence, I'm here in the Mediterranean. Yeah, and it's Cyprus, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah, what, 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 what do you know? 20 days of your son. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's a, you know, not, not a bad place to be locked down, I would imagine. Nah, we're... It's 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 a pretty good life. Good food, good good really good food, and uh, you know um, got a nice suntan going, of course, which is early on in the game. And uh, no, um, you know, it, it, obviously being in Northern Europe in the winter time, you get what what we call sad syndrome. You know, when uh, in Scandinavia in particular, yeah. daylight is about five hours of daylight, and it's it's just really depressing if I'm honest with you, and it's just not my idea of fun. So, hence said to the other half, I was like, hey, so I think we need to get out of here. Like, this isn't happening for me. Like my, my business goes down, my productivity goes down, like my mood goes down, everything goes down. We need to move. She was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> there we go. I'm already getting ideas from you. We've only just started. <laughs> so um, Adam, I'm, one of the things um, I was reading about your background and, and it wasn't, wasn't not necessarily easy, your background, was it? You know, it was quite Quite, quite challenging. Tell a little bit about, um, you know, your your challenges as a young boy and how that how that manifested itself into elite sport. Yeah, it's a good question, actually. Um, well, you know, for me, I didn't particularly have a, a great childhood. Uh, it, it it was quite tough. Uh, we lived uh, it with myself, my my youngest brother, uh, who, who's my middle brother now. And uh, my mum was a single mum at the time. And we lived off the state. We lived off, uh, we lived in a council property, uh, which was, uh, um, we, and we basically lived off state benefits. So there wasn't particularly a lot of money and wealth that went round, Chris. And, um, and so um, my mum suffered from um, depression 
a lot. You know, she suffered from depression uh, and uh, being sort of the oldest person, you know, you try to, you know, you, you, you try to sort of, you know, care for people. I was trying to care for my brother. I was trying to care for my mom and stuff like that. At the age of 10, I, um, uh, we, we were, um, unfortunately, we were taken away. We were, we were put into foster care and uh, I lost my hair through uh, a condition called alopecia, which is a common form of hair loss uh, through stress and worry. Um, it literally woke up one morning at my, when I was uh, in foster care and literally my hair just came out in, in like handfuls. Literally, it was just that. Literally within seconds, it was all gone. Um, and, you know, back in the day, really, people really didn't understand what alopecia was. I had to go for, I had to be a, a, a human guinea pig, essentially. And, um, you know, and, and what that did for me is it really knocked my confidence, like really hit my self-confidence. Um, I was so ashamed about the way I looked. I actually wore a sports cap. If you look at my, my school photos from a young age, all through my school photos, I wore a sports cap. I'd wear my school uniform, my sports cap. I was the only one that was allowed to do so. Um, and so interestingly enough, um, at the age of 11, and, and age of 11 was a, age of 11 was a bit like hitting a midlife crisis for me. It was a, <laughs> it was really one of those, um, it was a, a life-changing moment for me more than anything else at the age of 11. Because as you start to go through your changes, whether it be through puberty, you become a bit more self-aware consciously and self uh, subconsciously. And uh, you start to make some different, you start to start to question where things are going and stuff like that. So um, what happened, Chris, is I actually got into, uh, into distance running. Um, and, uh, you know, it was through aspire, aspirations through my father, actually, who started up running is like, Hey, so you're going through a bit of a tough time. Why don't you go down to the local running club and, you know, just, just jump, jump in type of thing, you know, and reluctantly, I didn't really have any mentor support structures, um, or, you know, sort of encouragement when I was young, it was only really kind of my, my grandma and my grandfather who, who, but I didn't really see them that often. And so it was just me. So I went down to the local running track and I remember the very first time I went down there, I turned up there and there was this lady behind the, the counter you know, the counter was about, it felt like it was about six foot tall. And I was kind of this small boy. Was, and, and I was like, hey, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here to inquire how to, how to join the running club type thing. She was like, oh, okay, no worries. Where's your parents? I'm like, I came on my own. She went, oh, okay, cool. Um, what do you want to do? And that kind of, she started talking to me a little bit about what I wanted to do. And I'm like, well, I kind of want to do some running. You know, my, my father's a bit, uh, a distance runner. So he introduced me to the, um, introduced me to the coach Chris and uh, I never forget the first time I went down to the running track because there was a running track which was all floodlit and all the things that was going through my mind was all negative and I'll tell you the reason why because I saw all these runners which really looked conditioned they looked like they've been doing it for years and um, what that did to me is all those thought negative thought processes start to go through your head like you start to think to yourself can I do this Am I really made up to, am I good enough? And you start to make judgments and you start to make comparisons between where you are and between where others are. And so one of the first things that's coming into my mind is this is, I am out, this is way out of my league, way out of my league. Um, I actually met um, my first coach, my first coach called Alex McGee. Um, Alex was, uh, he turned, what I loved about Alex, Chris, is he turned normal, people normal joe public into champions 
he'd done it many, many times over. And, uh, and he saw something in me. I, I, I didn't see it, obviously, because it was just me. But he saw something in me. And just, it's interesting, Chris, because I was also an asthma sufferer. Mm-hmm. So I was an asthma sufferer taking up running. And everyone would say, are, are you crazy? Why would you take up running and you're an asthma sufferer? I could barely run 150 meters without getting out of breath. And so, and so I kind of, even though everything was against me, I just thought to myself, do you know what? What have I got to lose? I've got nothing to lose here, right? And, uh, and then I started to embark on, on my running career from this age of 11. And this is where I also met my training partner, Samo Farah, um, who you mentioned earlier on. And Mo was, Mo, Mo was kind of similar in, in a way, um, you know, very little English, uh, came from Somalia originally, was living with his aunt and his cousins, uh, abandoned as a child. And, uh, and, you know, it was, it was tough for him. You know, he grew up, he was bullied a lot. Same for me. I was bullied a lot as well. So, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that would be training days, Chris. And so, uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, we tend to compete. And then, uh, and then we would just, we would just basically just, uh, you know, I remember in the, in the wintertime, Chris, you know, it would be like minus one, minus two. I'd be in my shorts and vest, you know, as my, it's like some, some sort of superhero. And um, it would just be me and Mo. We would be at the back of the field, uh, on, which basically um, is on the back of, a, of an athletics track. And it was completely pitch black, Chris. Literally, Chris, uh, it was pitch black. And in the wintertime, it'd get down to like minus two, minus four. And, and it would be foggy. It would be misty. The ground would be extremely boggy. And this is where I started to learn some of the um, some of the skills that you need to be a, a successful athlete, such as persistence and perseverance. You know, without persistence and perseverance, it's easy to just throw in the towel, right? Um, I also learned a really interesting skill called mental toughness. Mental toughness is more around mindset. You know, so um, I started to teach myself uh, the importance of visualization. You know, Jack Canfield talks a lot about this a lot, uh, about the importance of visualization. They use, it, they use self-imagery as an important way to, to propel people and move forward forwards. And so what happened between me and Mo is that we would end up competing against each other. We would essentially, uh, he would prompt me on and I would prompt him on type of thing. And so it would be, uh, you know, it would be a really interesting sort of what I call partnership, essentially. And so that's basically, you know, how it would kind of roll, rolled forward, really. And, uh, and obviously, within about six months, my asthma completely disappeared uh, within six months. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I started to see the changes. I started getting better and better uh, all through persistence and learning. And listen, Chris, what's really interesting about my childhood as well is I'd get up about 5.30 every day. I would have to take a train to school. The train would take about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, And I would do this there and back every day, okay? I didn't really have much time for for after-school clubs. And and then I would have to train at least twice a week, okay? I had literally zero time to myself. I was putting in all the hard work while all the other kids were playing video games. So I was prepared to make the short-term sacrifices for the long-term benefits, yeah. you know? 
so so for me it was uh it was a real revelation you know kind of at the age of 11 and that kind of stuff so i suppose for me that's that's really where it started in terms of running and isn't it amazing how you know how your life changed around i i look at my i had a very you know quite a humble background in the north of england a steel town myself and i'm, I'm listening to parallels here because when i was a teenager my hair started to go thin and um and actually i've been fortunate in that those people who took the mickey out of me i do have more hair than them now um but um <laughs> but it, it was it, but as a teenager it was very distressing uh, actually and and you know and the, the the ridicule and the the jokes and um and it and it did really play with your self-esteem i remember chatting with um duncan goodhue about this the swimmer i don't know if you know yes. him and because and he yes. happened yes. by falling out of a tree um but you know, I, I wonder if you, looking back on that that boy now, what would you what would you tell yourself now, sitting in Cyprus, um, having no hair, by the way, is cool now, um, uh, and uh, you look back on that and the life that you had, what would you what would you tell that younger younger boy? It's very simple. It's going to be okay. You know, things will just work out as they come along. You know, and and sometimes you have to go through um, life like that unfortunately to to make the to to see the to open your eyes up and, and and kind of open up to the realizations really so um i suppose you know for me 11 years old that was that was one of my first major should we say turnarounds in terms of like me as a person as an individual as a personality um so yeah and you were a little entrepreneur as well. You were, uh, you, were, you were finding golf balls, I believe, and selling them at a young age as well. <laughs> well, yeah, do you know what's interesting? It, it, indeed. So um, as I said to you, you know, we lived in a, in, a, in a top floor sort of apartment, which was owned by the state and uh, living off state benefits, essentially. So, you know, in Christmas time, Chris, there wasn't a huge amount of wealth, wealth that went around because my mum just, just couldn't afford it, right? So when Christmas presents came around, me and my brother would share Christmas presents, whereas most people would obviously get individual Christmas presents. We, we weren't in that position to do so. So one of my big, uh, I suppose, one of my big uh, epiphanies as such, we call it an epiphany. I was walking through a nature reserve and I, and I started seeing these um, golf balls in the streams and, and, and you know, not realizing that actually it, it was right next to a golf course. Um, and um, went back next day with a bucket and, and started jumping in the rivers and streams and started, you know, just getting a stick and just foraging through these bushes, uh, looking for all the good golf balls. Um, I didn't even, I didn't have enough money for Wellington boots or, you know, I just literally just take my shoes and socks off and just jump in and the water would come up to thigh to knee height and uh, literally just go around collecting golf balls. And then as I was walking around the fairway, a lot of the golfers would come up to me fearing for my safety because obviously I was 11 years old, right? I, I, you know, I, I didn't really give a two, two monkeys, if you like. They were just concerned about my safety. And then when they approached me and they're like, hey, so where did you get these golf balls? Like thinking that I might have done something naughty. And I was like, well, I've been finding your lost golf balls. I, I've been jumping in the rivers and streams. Uh, I've been foraging through the bushes. And, uh, and then this is where, this is where, um, negotiation and sales where i learned sales negotiation they start they looked in my my golf bucket and they're like hey so um obviously you've got a nice dunlop or a slazenger you know because brand meant everything so there was two things that meant 
uh, that they were looking for. Number one was a good brand. Number two, condition. Extremely important. If it was in prestige condition, then you get top dollar for it. Mm. So I know for a Nike, a Dunlop, or a Slazinger, you'd fetch maybe even four, if not five pounds, you know, because for, for a single golf ball, it would cost maybe brand new, maybe 12, 15 pounds just for a golf ball. It's not, not a cheap sport. So then this is how we got into sales negotiation. And we both will walk away with a smile on our face. And then I'd walk, walk back home with literally pockets full of coins. My mum would uh, interrogate me for the first time, say, where did you get all this money from? You know, thinking that I'd done something wrong, of course. And then I told her the story and she, she was obviously really proud of me. And so I gave some of the money towards my mum and, and helping towards groceries and stuff. And I kept going back every weekend because it worked really well for me until I, um, until I moved across town, of course. And then it wasn't possible because transportation and it just, it just wasn't fundamentally worth it really. And, and, and then that's where I had to, you know, re, re, I suppose, reinvent myself and, and look for the next business opportunity, which was all about car washing, you know, and uh, living on a housing estate, I, I, I literally, I noticed one day that on Sundays, people were, you know, people were kind of washing their cars, but they didn't really enjoy doing it. So then I went around knocking on people's doors, asking people if they wanted their car washed, literally buckets, sponge, and that was it. Literally, that was it. That's all I had the money for. And then again, we would go into a sales and negotiation. And, and you know what? what? What's really interesting about this story, particularly Chris, is that I would say knock on 10 doors, right? But I'd always get three or four no's. And guess what? For me, that was okay. I would just be like, okay, no problem. Have a fantastic day and move on to the next person. Whereas in business and entrepreneurship, we can take it emotionally. Mm. And, but what we have to do is we have to detach ourselves emotionally from the outcome because we know as entrepreneurs and as business owners, we can help people. But what's important is that you don't put your agenda on other people. Because otherwise, you become emotionally attached, and you don't want to be doing that. Uh, because you know, and that's really going to affect your mindset as well, especially from a self-esteem and a self-confidence perspective. It's going to start to affect that. So, um, you know, that was again for me just a way to reinvent yourself. And again, in times like this, you have to look at ways in which you can be nimble, adaptable, but more importantly, be able to reinvent yourself. Uh, and that's kind of what we've done in our business as well. So, and fast forward a few years and you have three businesses now. What, what do they do? How do you help people? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, our main business uh, actually is we uh, run, well, I run a, an international uh, business consultancy company now. Um, and the philosophy is um, based on some of the skills that I learned as an athlete and being able to bring that into entrepreneurship. But what we actually do is we work with uh, professional business owners to help them uh, to help them kind of become more entrepreneurial, purpose-led, um, fun because that's what business is about. It's about having fun, um, but more importantly, to, um, to, to to kind of be more um, uh, exciting and uh, innovative as well. So. It's all about growing scale, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of, I'll give you an example. One of our, um, one of our clients um, who's a professional solicitor is at about 90% capacity and solicitors obviously make really good money. Um, she just didn't know how to grow in scale. So 
So they came to us and I'm like, okay, so these are the things that you need. These are the people that you need. These are the systems that you need in place. And then we basically do it with a hand-holding approach, more personalized, more bespoke. And, uh, and, and now she's on, on course for, for hitting seven figures. So, you know, that's just kind of what we do. It, that's one of our businesses anyway. Excellent. And you've got some prop- property business and, and something else. I don't know what that one, third one is. What's the third one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got a property business here in Cyprus, a property development company here in Cyprus. And the other one is uh, we're into uh, Forex and uh, cryptocurrencies. Oh. So that's just absolutely fantastic, you know, being able to earn money while you sleep. You know, it's the dream now, you know, especially with uh, places like Bitcoin just have been around for 13 years. You know, now's just the, it's the future, Chris, you know, uh, virtual uh, cryptocurrencies of the future. And uh, that's essentially where I, you know, where I kind of get quite excited about as well. And uh, so we partnered with a company that of basically, I know nothing about Forex trading, by the way. Um, they actually trade for us using a, using AI. And so what's, what I really love is that they take care of it. They take they trade the the investment for us the contracts for us and uh, we make money while we sleep so um, that's that's the beauty about it and we get paid in Bitcoin every Saturday. Yeah, very very nice. Well, I think it's I think it's lovely to have been through that journey with you really from um, you know from that young boy with a single mom um, from your you know challenge around you know alopecia which must have been really difficult to collecting golf balls to now having three businesses and well maybe touch basically you know having worked with the likes of john travolta and calvin klein on the stage and etc so i think it's great inspiration to have uh, heard your story today and for anybody who's listening you know what i think is is fascinating is um you know we can have high expectations of maybe um you know changing our life conditions but over, over a period of time 10 15 years, 20 years, your life can be completely different if you, um, if you, um, you know, develop your mindset. So thank you for that. After the break, we'll talk a, a more, we'll talk about tribes because you've been really good at building networks and connections with people to help your business along. I know you're talking about this subject and I think it's something that um, could, could help people uh, think about their business and how do they ensure they bring people along with them. So we'll do that after the break. We'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. All right, we're clear. Great. Will that be the uh, only right. break for you, Chris? I think so. I think um, um, Adam's got a lot to say, um, and awesome. uh, it's all very, all very good, to, great to hear. So let's let's use the time. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I, I docked us from two breaks. And just uh, uh, oh, no a heads up, Chris, since we're taking you to the top of the hour, since I was late connecting, make sure you close by the top of the hour, otherwise it will get cut off. Yeah, I will do. Yeah, we'll, we'll, it'll uh, be right up against it. Yeah. So, Adam, if you want to make sure that we, we have finished talking by 57, that you have finished talking, that it gives me time to uh, the latest sum- summarize and mention the next show yeah. and that sort of thing. So that would be... Uh, no worries. Cool. How's it going for you so far? It, well, uh, what the, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, what do you, you, th- you think is uh, it's a, it's some good value? Absolutely. I'm very happy enjoying it. 20 seconds very it's a very inspiring story thank you <laughs> 10 seconds all right guys here we go mm-hmm.
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Adam Strong, and we've been talking about Adam's um, fascinating story uh, and background. Adam, we're going to talk about tribes uh, now, but very quickly before we do that, um, in, in our household, we're big fans of Mo Farah. Uh, and uh, of course, many of us, uh, lots of us around the world have heard of likes of John Travolta and Vanilla Ice, etc. And um, what, what, what did you, have you learned just specifically from Mo's success? And, uh, and you know, out of one of those celebrities that you've had the privilege to work with, um, and any, any sort of key observation that you you want to share about life, success and life and getting on in business? Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing with, whether, whether you be an Olympic athlete or celebrity, is that one thing that you have to take in consideration is that we're all born the same. And no one is, uh, no one is born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I don't believe that. You know, we're all born the same way. Uh, you know, you're not, it magically you don't magically have special skills chris mm. you know um some people are just in the right time at the right place some people have uh, it's down to luck some people are you know some people just have to work damn hard i mean if you look at olympic athletes as an example right you know it takes around ten thousand hours to be i call a master of of your trade you know ten thousand hours is a lot of hours to put in but the big problem with a lot of people is they they just don't see that right they don't they don't put in the work in order to get whatever success means to them right so that's one thing to take into consideration and, and when it with regards to celebrities again um you know connections are really important especially uh especially in, in these times you know i i talk about there's a number of things that I talk about that entrepreneurs need in particular and business owners need in particular. And one of them is relational capital. It's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. And um, those are, you know, and, and so when you start associating with people that are, you know, that are seen as more successful than you, whether they are a New York Times bestselling author, whether they're a celebrity, a Hollywood star or an Olympic athlete, you are who you become with the five most common people you hang around with. So, you know, for me, are there any common traits between Olympic athletes, celebrities, and normal Joe public? Yeah, the, the, the difference is, number one, it's mindset. You know, we talk about mindset and sure that many people on the show are talking about mindset. Um, number two, they, you know, they, they, you know, we talked about luck and we talked about, um, uh, many different things, but I think it's a, we all have our own, we all have our own story. Right. And uh, I always, I'm a big believer in, you know, passion, you know, doing something that you're highly passionate about, you know, so if you're in a job right now, you're listening to me, you're listening to my voice. Okay. And you're in a miserable job and you're only doing a job because you have to pay the bills. Well, hang on a minute. Now I, here on planet Earth, human beings are the only people on this planet that can make one of one, one of two, one of two things. Number one, they can make choices. We are the only species on this planet to make a choice. 
So one people, some, some people, they say to me, oh, you're so lucky to be in Cyprus, Adam, and, and enjoy a, a great life. I'm not lucky. I'm de- it's down to choice. Anyone can choose to do so. Um, so, you know, it's not that I'm any, I'm not anyone special, Chris. I'm just a normal human being. I just see things slightly differently to maybe you and some, and maybe some of the listeners. So I think it's about, um, the other thing I was going to say to you is the importance of learning and growing. You can only, you can only be better if you learn and grow consistently, whether it be through reading books, whether it be through, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed doing is, uh, is, is, is uh, doing podcasts. You know, I really enjoy doing podcasts, like what we're doing now and having and kind of jamming and having fun. You know, for me, this is a great way to get my message out, you know, and connecting with people. Um, So to me, this is, this is great. And also video, you know, some people enjoy writing articles. That's not really for me. And some people like writing, uh, writing books. You have to find your medium at the end of the day, but um, you know, there isn't really, there's, there's only some subtle differences between, the elite and the wealthy and the super successful and normal Joe public. It's just that people have a different perspective of, and they choose a different path. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, you know, with, with, with podcasts, you know, you, you and I both, uh, both love this format. I'm coming up to 10 years of having, uh, having had a weekly, weekly podcast show. And what, you know, look at how my life has changed in those years and the, the friends that I have around the world and the people I mix with, I just had a note, mentioned to you about some amazing um, adventurer friends who uh, who are just in the summer doing a penny farthing uh, ride from um, the most easterly point in the UK to the most westerly point. They're trying to raise, uh, uh, they're raising money for um, some solar panels for a, a school high up in the Himalaya. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the mid part of that ride, they're using my home as the stop-up point. And, and uh, I shall probably cycle with them as I did last year but I, I you know I, I get to connect with amazing people and have amazing friends and it's in all I've done is I made the choice to do a podcast 10 years ago and and, and I've uh, invited interesting people and we've become friends and, and it's amazing isn't it how your network changes through doing that absolutely 100% and you know you change as a person you do you do all this knowledge talking to you. I will pick some things up from talking to you. You might pick up something from talking to me uh, and we take that knowledge, don't we, with us and it, it becomes accumulative and then we, we find we can add value. Now, I'm really interested to know, you know, you, we talk um, here about um, some of your businesses and you, you've connected people with people around the globe. And um, this, I, I, I first came across this idea of tribes by Seth Godin and, and I, loved his, I loved his book. And I know it's something that you um, you've really taken and are kind of owning as well now. So, so what is a tribe for you, and uh, and what are your 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 what does that mean, and maybe how does that link in with maybe being a leader too? Because we we've just had a little chat about perhaps being, we, we, in life we can be passive, or maybe we can actually make a choice. Yeah, it's a good question actually, and and I'm glad you bought it, Seth Godin, because. When, when, I, when I teach this, when I teach about how to build tribes, I mentioned Seth Godin and I mentioned about his book because he's got a great, a great quote in his book. Um, but I'm going to kind of give you kind of the rundown about what my definition of what a tribe really is. A tribe is basically uh, the basic building block of any large human effort, okay? That's what it's down to. And their effort is basically greater than any team 
uh, an entire company and even their kind of what I call superstar high performers, whether it be a CEO or, or, or salesperson or whatever it might be. But a tribe essentially is a group and, and typically tribes are between say 20 and 150 people generally. Uh, they, they know each other particularly well. So if they went down, if they were walking down the high street or if they're walking down the street, they would stop and they would say hello to that individual. They, they know them fairly well. Uh, a, a small company, for example, is an example of a tribe. Now, if you work for, a, say, a corporate company or you did work for a corporate company um, or a large company, we call these tribes of tribes. So they are so they are little pockets of little tribes within a company, okay? And then they gel towards kind of synergizing towards each other, all right? Um, now, what Seth Godin actually says, is says, he says tribe is essentially a group of people that are essentially entwined or interlinked uh, or connected to each other, but they're connected to an entity. Uh, they're connected to generally an, a leader of, of that, of whether it be a company or whatever it might be, but they're also connected to an idea, okay, or a vision, okay. Um, and uh, generally, when I work, when we consult, we do a lot of work with, uh, with companies, this is where, this is where a lot of failing companies uh, basically fall down. This is why they start to lose profitability. This is where they start to have um, negative, um, negative aspects of their culture start coming out. This is where people start to have a breakdown in communication. It's because um, they're not, they, they lose that vision. They lose the bigger picture. And uh, if you don't have that, then, uh, then, then, then guess what? It's a bit like ripping the soul out of a tribe. You've, it becomes soulless. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Really, really get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm we have some parallels in, in what we do with companies, actually, I think. Because um, for me, that, yeah. purp that purpose is absolutely critical in getting that right. So I help a lot of companies develop that, develop that purpose and bring it into the company and build a, a more engaged tribe um, around yes. that common purpose. I'm really, I really, really get, I really get that. Um, very much. How, do you, um, how do you advise people around actually going about doing that, though? What, what, what are the you steps? Mean, Building a building a you know a stronger a stronger tribe. Um, I'm mean, just just as a bit of a parallel. A few years ago, I spent time with the Maasai tribe, and I was astonished by just how connected they were, and, and how connected around a common vision and looking after the environment. And, um, and it was it was beautiful to watch actually um, around how each person fitted into that kind of system. How how do you teach? And how do you help your clients to, to build that level of connection? It's a great question. Um, you know, and I mentioned the importance of, uh, of, of having that important vision, right? The bigger picture or the purpose. And I, what I find is it's actually not the new businesses or the new startup companies that have the problem. It's actually the established businesses that have the problems um, because they're stuck in their ways. Um, they, their mindset is generally, um, oh, well, that's how we do it around here type of mindset. You know, so, you know, and especially when you've got people that have been, have been in business for maybe sort of 15, 20 years plus, where they're stuck into a routine or a habit. And 
it's a bit like, you know, you've heard of this analogy before, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, the downfalls of uh, slow, I call them slow moving companies. This is where bureaucracy starts to come in. This is where politics starts to come in. And then what that does is it slows the decisions down into a business. And then that's when the downfall starts coming because that's what they can't adapt to the marketplace. And then, they, then guess what? We look at casualties which are out there. And there are plenty of, there are plenty of casualties out there right now uh, because they fail to adapt and they fail to understand not just the market, but they all fail to understand that actually together is better. You know, that is the big message that I kind of say to people is together is better. This is not a, a, a one-man effort. This is about kind of working together in synergy. Um, one of my good friends, actually, who I'm, who, 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 he's, who's a real powerhouse, especially in the United States. His name is called Gary Ridge. And uh, he is the CEO of a company called WD-40. His company was actually awarded, I think it was like yesterday, if I remember rightly, as one of the best workplaces to work in America. And uh, it's quite a prestige award. But what I love about Gary, now Gary is actually Australian native. He was actually shipped from Australia um, over to the United States to help build not just a tribe, but to understand... Now, WD-40 at the time, they were trying to expand into different markets. They are a national business, you know? Um, and uh, so they have to deal with different cultures. They have to deal with different, um, they have to deal with uh, different people in different um, areas of the business. And so what's important is what I've learned from Gary in particular um, is that in order to have a really, should we say thriving culture, uh, you've got to get your tribes um, to move towards one common goal. Now they might, they each tribe might work differently, okay, which is which is absolutely fine. But in terms of if you can imagine, say you've got a number of tribes, and they all should we say crossover, and in the middle is where should we say the vision is, or where the kind of common goal is, where the where the legacy is for the company. And this is, where, this is where the beauty comes in. This is where the synergies come in. But I think what's really important is to understand why are tribes important to your company? Why are tribes important to your business? Well, they're important because they create communities of diehard fans, brand evangelists, and activists that basically, like, uh, should we say, um, uh, power or, you know, kind of they're kind of like sales agents in a way right but then they don't work for you right but they they absolutely love what you stand for they love what you do um you know and and in fairness what marketeer what business owner what ceo doesn't want a small army of what i call brand product loving you know fans that love what you offer what you do how you help people how you help people who doesn't want that, you know? So um, I think that's, I think first of all, that's really important to establish why tribes are important and the benefits that, to why that is important. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that to me is for me the first steps. I think, I think it's really interesting about what you say. We're talking a lot, quite a bit of, you know, maybe about an employees here, but what I, what came up for me in the conversation too, is that, you know, the tribes, 
can be tribes of customers, can't they? But they can also, I, 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 when I, years ago, I worked for Mars, the confectionery company, and I went, worked in various different functions from sales and marketing. But in procurement, um, what they, rather than having a, a team which was, was, was buying or procurement, it was called supplier development. And it was about building relationships with suppliers. So um, what we would do is we'd strive to build great supplier relationships. And um, so you're know, trying to build tr a tribe of suppliers as opposed to it being us and them and I'm trying to get the best price out of you. And that, that yielded more. Suppliers would go the extra mile to deliver because they had a, had a relationship and they were proud to be part of that relationship. And I, you know, I took that through my career, really. But I didn't see that happening so much in other organisations. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, some people say to me, they're like, Adam, where did you learn this tribe stuff from, right? Um, one of the best books that I've ever first read when I got into entrepreneurship, Chris, was a book called The Book of Happiness by Tony Heisen. Um, his name is spelled uh, H-S-I-E-H, uh, uh, Tony Heisen. Um, and he was the CEO of a company called Zappos, which is the online oh, yeah. shoe retailer. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, he's got an inspiring story. He, unfortunately, about four months ago, he passed away because he was rescuing someone in a house fire in Philadelphia. But his legacy lives on. His legacy absolutely lives on. But what I love, what I love about Zach is when they first came about, now, Tony's, actually, Tony's experience in, in, in online shoes and e-commerce was zero, Chris. It literally was zero. He sold his business, uh, which was in marketing and advertising to Microsoft. And so what he could have done is he could have taken the money, literally just sat on a beach and retired for the rest of his life. But he decided that he actually wanted to create something which was a little bit different. So he became a, it actually wasn't called Zappos before. It was actually called something else before it came Zappos. But what they, what they wanted to do is when, when Tony went into the company, he didn't just want to be an investor. You know, he really wanted to make a change and an impact and, and change the way we do business. And so what he did, what, which, which is what I find fascinating, by the way, Chris, uh, what he actually did is he wanted to exploit opportunities. How did he exploit opportunities? Well, he looked at, the, he looked at what, what his competitors were doing. What were they doing and what weren't they doing, more importantly? How could, he, how could their company be better? So one of the things that Zappos did is... Now, the big problem is in the online shoe, shoe retailer space about sort of 15 years ago, which is when it was, they had problems with uh, shipping, logistics, uh, customer service. I mean, the list was endless, Chris. Richly, really was endless. They wanted to tap into, they wanted to be the, uh, they wanted to, their USP was all around, how can I be the best, deliver the best by, um, and their big thing was all about delivering wow. So, the, the, the word was, how do, can I create a wow experience, not just for our customers, okay? Not just for our staff, but for our shareholders too. And how can we then synergize that all together, okay? So what they did is if you'd order a pair of shoes from Zappos, okay, you'd get a free pair of flip-flops. And so you'd have customers on the line, literally like ringing them saying, 
hey, you sent me free flip-flops, but Ian didn't charge me for it. This is insane. And people wanted to send their flip-flops back and they're like, no, this is our gift. This is our, this is our delivering wow. People would call up and their call center, Chris, they would call up and uh, they didn't have what general call centers do, which is a timer and you know you, so, you have to speak to so many customers within an hour. They scrapped all of that. What they did is they'd have people on the line and they and some some customers weren't even customers. They just were wanted to talk to people at Zappos. And some people would be on the on the phone for about 10 hours just talking about, you know, oh, uh, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? What they wanted to do is they didn't just want to create an experience. They didn't want to just create wow factor, but they wanted to create memories like Disney does, you know. So if you're on the phone and you get great customer service on the phone, which is quite rare to come by, by the way, these days, yes. um, if you experience that, you know, and even if you're not looking for shoes at the time, who are you going to go to if you've had a great experience? Who are you going to go to? You're going to go to Zappos, aren't you? You're going to go to them. It doesn't matter about price. They don't, they don't, they don't claim to be the, the cheapest. They claim to be uh, what they do in terms of value. So, uh, that's what I particularly love about Zappos. And uh, it's a great book. So it's a, it's a tiny book. Uh, you could probably pick it up for about 10 bucks, but it's one of the most uh, knowledgeable books on company culture. Uh, it's a great example of how they built their tribe, but more importantly, how did they come together in the hard time, you know, and uh, companies going through lots of hard times right now, but it's important to uh, understand where synchronicity comes in and, and synergy. Yeah, well, I, I like, um, I remember, remember being in an event with Zappos speaking and there was a couple of examples that I, that I enjoyed from that. Uh, and one of them was, was that the, 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 the call staff forgot complete autonomy. So, you know, somebody called in, uh, their husband had, had ordered shoes, the husband had died, didn't need the shoes obviously anymore. You know, huge apology, listen, empathy, not only the shoes immediately refunded a big bunch of flowers come through the post with, you know, sincere condolences from Zappos. But, but that person didn't need to go and ask anybody to do that. They could just go and go and you know, off their own back do it. And the, the other one I loved was um, they had a scheme which was um, each employee each month can give $50 gift to somebody in the business who has, um, you know, has inspired them and, uh, and, has, and has gone over and above and has wowed them. So actually, they uh, and they thought initially they might do it, give it, just give it to their friends, but they didn't, uh, and uh, and that created that lovely, lovely feeling of you know trying to attain more and you know support each other, and uh, um, but that's not a typical thing companies do, is it? No, absolutely not. So I, I love, I love that. I agree. Yeah. So so the, I was I wasn't sure. We only got um, a couple of minutes till we need to we need to. Um, move move uh, further forward but I'm, I'm wondering you know what's your vision for your businesses for the next and your tribes for the next next few years what are you hoping to achieve and how do you how, how do you help will you help uh, your customers moving forward yeah it's a good question uh for me um my vision really is to help um we 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 we, we love working with smes small to medium-sized enterprises is what we like to do and our goal really is to help um a hundred thousand SMEs over the uh, by 2028 specifically, uh, sorry 2030, um, in helping them to not just grow their their tribes, but more importantly to create this what you've called it autonomy. 
uh, create um, really kind of realize that they have a much bigger purpose, become more entrepreneurial. Um, for me, I, I love what I find fascinating in particular is, is cultures, cultures, ecosystems, understanding human psychology, what, what makes people tick. And then how do you then relate back that back to elite sport? Because there are some really great examples of, of, of similarities between the two. Um, you know, just that, you know, we have a different technique in business uh, or whatever it might be, but there are such good similarities uh, in, in terms of that. So for, for us, it's about, you know, helping 100,000 business owners by 2030 to, to, to become more purpose-led, values-driven, but more importantly, to be able to have more fun. Yeah. So presumably that means building digital tribes, does it, to hit that amount of number? That you're going to, so you're building your yeah, tribes so, digitally, yeah. Yeah, it's not just about building tribes because um, uh, for me, um, it, it's, 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 it's more than that. It's about, um, I'm a big fan of collaboration, Chris. I think that collaboration is so underestimated uh, in this day and age. And uh, in 2020, 2021, um, collaboration in you know and i'll give you a perfect example we've got our new book coming out in october of this year it's not just me writing my book this is a collaborative project of people that i believe that will, are going to be going places and so that's why i've got it endorsed by two huge influencers um and they haven't even seen the manuscript they're like adam whatever you need i'm in <laughs> so just i've got to go um got to finish there but um a quick final message brief one quick one yeah i think final message is listen um stop comparing yourself to other people and in, in terms of where you're at you know um I, I always believe in kind of excellence for me it's all about excellence you know if you if you if you want more out of life if you want more success in life and that kind of stuff then you have to turn up as an A player. Everything that you do is with excellence. And, uh, and, and it, then you won't fail because otherwise, if you, if you then fail, then you could turn around and say, do you know what? I did my best. And guess what? That's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail because we're all on a learning journey. Yeah, fantastic. Adam, thank you for bringing your A game today, being an A player. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Uh, and um, on next week's show, sadly, um, my, my, my guest for next week's show um, has had a personal um, issue. And um, we're, what we're going to do next week is going to repeat the show with Stephen Gould, who um, created an amazing um, purpose-driven um, development called Everard's Meadows, which I was very heavily involved in. Uh, the most amazing MD, very heartfelt trust and doing a huge amount for the local community through this development. So we're gonna share that with you, lots of uh, tips and thoughts from that one. And the following week, um, we've got Marcus De Maria. He's gonna be talking about uh, enhancing um, your wealth, personal wealth. Um, once again, a huge thank you to Adam Strong. Been great talking to you today, Adam, very inspiring. And if you have any questions, comments, send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Okay, Adam, people wanna connect with you, uh, website, contact details. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. You can connect with me on, uh, on Instagram, LinkedIn, or on my personal website, or you can connect with me on my podcast, The Game Changers Experience. Excellent. That's Adam, Adam Strong, uh, dot, is it, is it dot net? 
Adam Strong? That's correct. Yeah, Donna, excellent. Excellent. Thank you, everybody. Uh, wish you all well and uh, uh, keep, keep, on, keep on moving forward step by step. And then one day um, you just don't know where you're going to be because uh, just that keeping moving, that excellence that um, Adam talked about, do everything each day to your best ability, keep on learning. Um, so back with you again shortly and uh, wish you all well. And we're clear. Great show, guys. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much for your help today, Aaron. Always a pleasure, Chris. Sorry about the late join there. That's okay. No problem. Well, I'm not, unfortunately, I won't be with you next week now uh, with so my guest, unfortunately, um, bless her. She's uh, she's an amazing lady. She's blind and her dog's just uh, been diagnosed with cancer. So she's oh, uh, yeah. she was uh, had a very tearful call with her yesterday. Well, that Stephen Gold's a good good choice. That was a good interview. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good interview. So nice to I'm being a client. It's nice to nice to um, replay that one. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Well, I got to jump off here for my next show. You have a fantastic week, Adam. You as well. And uh, Chris, Thank I'll you, talk sir. to you in two weeks. That's great. Thank you. Adam, brilliant. Have you enjoyed? I did. I enjoyed it very much, actually. Yeah, yeah. good. It was. Um, um, I say, let me let me know when it comes out. Happy to uh, get our marketing team to promote, of course. And uh, you know, and if you uh, if you have the recording, that'd be great if you could send me a link. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Be very happy to do that, and happy to happy to collaborate with you in any way. If you if you see opportunities, we clearly. I don't reach 100,000 people through what I do, but I, I, I do have a, uh, a lot of experience doing something similar, probably developing leaders and teams and building highly engaged workplaces. That's what I'm doing with... Uh, with, what, with is, what, what would you say for you is, is your focal point right now? I've got two, two, two things. One is, is uh, developing, helping those clients to elevate their, their performance through their people. Uh, and um, so we have a number of a number of um, a number of clients and universities that we that we support. And then the second um, element is the I will be developing the Elevation Collective, which I've got the first pilot up and running, which is my bringing um, high achievers, really interesting people together to to help um, elevate their thinking um, and help solve some of the world's biggest problems ultimately. And that, and that I want it to. The system. I want it to ultimately be something that's available for um, people to use to help um, get out of um, out of the pandemic and and develop, you know, communities and, and and projects. So we've got the first pilot's been going for about six months and people are loving it. So I've got an amazing group Good. together. So I'll be um, I'll be be developing that. And these are groups of eight people building a tribe, building a community of um, of. of of, of amazing people who um, are a little bit proud when they're in, in a group with other amazing folk. And then the magic starts to happen when they're together, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. So those are my two, my two, um, my two, fo two sort of focuses at the moment. So hmm. just thinking about how I could potentially add any value or, or help in any way. Um, just thinking. Have you got a book out by the way? I've got a book. It's called "The Power to Get Things Done Whether You Feel Like It or Not." Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You showed me that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'm just thinking about how. Uh, um, so, for you, I guess you're looking for more clients. Um, yeah, yes, we're looking for more. Looking for more clients. Um, ultimately, at the moment, 
I'm, 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 um, I wouldn't say I'm maxed out, but I've got, I've got a good, um, a good client base right now. I think the, the question I've got to work out is whether we then start to involve others. I've used consultants and associates in, in the past on some projects, but I'm always open to new, definitely to new clients. Um, and then I say the other, the other element is to develop the collective because I think there's some legs to it actually based on the, the feedback and testimonials I've got. And people are loving this. It's not 10 times your business, really. It's, it's 10 times your, your uh, it's more your contribution and, and, and maxing out who you are so that you add a bigger, make a bigger impact to the world, really. People are, um, are really enjoying that. So it's not the, you're going to grow your business at all costs. It's actually, you might grow the value that you, that you add such that you build a, a bigger legacy. It's uh, very similar to um, uh, when we talk about impact. I kind of think that, um, uh, we're going to say, I, I kind of feel that, you know, for me, that's what we, again, that's what we, we're trying to do as well. We, we, we want to help create more impact in the world. Yeah. Um, so there, there might be some opportunities there. We just have to maybe spend a little bit of time and thrash it out a little bit. Um, so, uh, who, who is your main clients? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, I, I'm well at the moment. So I'm, I've gone, I've gone from working with the Diageos and Carlsberg and Barclays, and so I've worked with those sort of clients. KP Foods, um, I, I, um, this brewery who, who, um, the Everards actually they named the road uh, through the site Cooper Way. So I'm quite, quite proud of um, as that as an example. Um, but at the moment, I'm working. I've seem to have got a bit of a niche working with insurance companies and brokers. So I've got lots of, I've got well, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't want to, I'm not massive. I've got nine active clients that I'm personally working with, and we have three plus three universities at the moment. Um, that I, so I'm actively supporting them with consultancy and, and and development and leadership programs. And so I think what I have to do is as well as think. I used to, cause I used to have a had a. a a consultancy that's about three million turnover per annum uh, with 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 partners and i changed my life to be around my kids and at home so i've i've stayed away from building a business with lots of people um but i'm getting to a stage where my kids are a bit older now so i could do i could do more really uh, and uh it's a bit about my legacy and, and contribution that's important uh and um you know also i want to be- develop all, i've got all that all the the um valuable the network that i've created like you you know yeah it's interesting um i'm just uh i'm just thinking about some of the project i mean you've been on my podcast which is great um i'm just thinking about some of the i mean the the the, the couple of projects that we've got going on right now we've obviously got the book which is a co-collaborative co-collab book um it's uh um, basically, <clears throat> people who I've specifically chosen, um, who I think are, you know, are kind of a little bit, that what I call aspiring and up and coming businesses or entrepreneurs, that money is not their, you know, driving force. It's more around kind of purpose and fulfillment on their part, really, and anything else. Those are the types of people that I like to hang out with. Yeah. and then it's me really um but it's it's um that because it's a co-collab book and um i've already got two books out anyway um the whole point the reason why that i so when i first actually wrote my first book which was probably going back about five or six years ago actually i know it's about six seven years ago actually i i was part of a course called kpi key first of influence 
uh, run by a guy called Daniel Priestley, who's a really cool guy. Mm, yeah. And as part of his methodology, um, he got us to write a book. And, um, and so I was the only person on the course, actually, that had decided to go all in. And I'd already always wanted to write a book, I just didn't know how. But they taught us the methodology, wrote the book in 12 weeks, but actually it was much bigger than that. It actually took seven months mm. of literally bloody hard work you, you, it's not just the book writing it's, it's the branding it's the marketing it's the longevity oh my goodness me it's the book launch it's just forever and yeah. and actually after that experience it was a little bit i wouldn't say it was off-putting but it was just so energy draining yeah, um and you know and i i suppose i had these false aspirations as to where that book would potentially go but anyway cut long story short that's the reason why I decided that this year I was going to write a co-collab book because, again, as I mentioned to you on, on the show, collaboration is far much better than individuality. Um, everyone's moving towards the same common goal. Um, so I worked, I'm working with a publisher, uh, partner with a publisher. Um, and they, it's not they, uh, the contributing authors are going to be making a small fee towards it because what we're doing is we're plowing a lot of resources in, into the marketing and branding side of stuff. I've already got it endorsed by, um, I was going to say, uh, Marshall Goldsmith, who is absolutely freaking out of this world. And I also got it endorsed by another big celebrity as well um, in the kind of personal development leadership space as well. Um, and both of them between them, you know, they've sold millions because they're new york times best-selling book authors they've been translated in 35 languages around the world so you know for me uh, the goal for the book really is for it to be an international bestseller but more importantly is to uh, is to allow doors and opportunities to open off the back of that for the contributing authors um because again it's great having a book but to have an international best-selling book in multiple countries is even better yeah um it's all about credibility i think at the end of the day so um you know so we're going to be doing a lot of resources with that and then uh, i'm a i'm a real big fan in summits I, uh, you know I, i've done two virtual summits myself me and my team we've done two virtual summits which have been super successful we'll create another one um probably in the third quarter of this year as well um and again the whole point of that really is to is to uh, bring in some new people into our community and tribe and and uh, show them it is a different path. It, you know, for me, I, I suppose I've turned into a bit of a digital nomad, really, in a nutshell, because, hey, I mean, who doesn't want to live a life, here, you know, living a, li a beach life, a lifestyle, you know, and uh, being able to you know, run a business and, and, and earn money while you sleep. It's, it's, it's kind of the dream, really. So, yeah, you know, lots of things going on right now. And uh, we actually just launched a, a really a new initiative, actually. It was a free complimentary gift. Um, it was all based around one of the things that I had um, was about, about three years ago, or in fact, longer than that. My question was, how could I scale my business? Well, what do I need to do to scale my business? And you either run a lifestyle business, you run a performance business, you, you know, it's either or. So what it is that we created a, what they call a scorecard, which basically assesses 
how scalable their business is. And at the end of it, it gives them a report about the areas that need to work on and the areas that they're doing particularly well in. So it's a great tool for, for a lot of business owners. We just launched that this week. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, so, you know, lots of great initiatives and lots yeah. of sort of added value and things like that really in the pipeline uh, that we've already got ongoing. Well, um, so as, for, as for you, yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if the, um, if, if the book is, uh, is, is complete. I've been doing some work for a couple of years now with um, one, of the, one of the guys who, he, he was responsible for launching NLP across Europe and set up all the training centers. He also uh, is a partner in Leaders Quest and, uh, and was a president of a university in Hawaii, a really interesting fellow. So we've been doing some work together on elevating leadership and how do you take leadership to the next level? So we created a, a model we call the STAR model. Uh, and uh, we, 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 I think we were published in an article in South Africa, et cetera. But we're, well, partly it's been, we've been working with each other to elevate our own thinking and our own, um, our own uh, Im- impact in the world, really, through these conversations. But that probably lends itself very well to a chapter of a book. We, did, we, we decided we didn't want to write the book um, because actually when we look, look at it, neither of us particularly enjoy writing books and we've we've done it and like you found it a real like me yeah (laughs) i mean my experience i I spent um with a a clinical psychologist in america we spent three years going to and fro until we found we gained a publishing deal with with um perigee which is penguin random house new york and then from entering their system it was two years then before it came out the other end so it was five year journey so you did it quick (laughs) in comparison (laughs) <laughs> yeah well it, it's still it's still a bit of a pain in the ass i mean especially with the amount of resources you put in it not just time but money as well that you've got to take into consideration um so um so yeah so i mean maybe there's an opportunity there for you i don't know i don't i mean if you want i'm happy to send you some details about it um yeah some of the details i'll chat I'll, and, and i'll have a look at it and i'll chat with chat with gene and um yeah, if there's anything you feel you want to speak of for your summit on something, um, you think there's an opportunity, bear, bear me in mind. Um, I talk about engagement. I talk about elevating leadership. Uh, um, I obviously talk about the book. Um, but um, yeah, what, 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 whatever. If you see an opportunity, well, we're going to be doing our next summit. It won't be till it won't be till the third quarter at the very earliest. If we are planning on launching our second, relaunching our second summit right now. So uh, uh, I will keep you in the loop on that one. But yeah, I'm happy to send you details about the uh, about the book. Um, we're actually we're going to be on the uh, a call with a publisher next week. So uh, um, if you think it's a great idea, let me know as soon as possible because I literally just got one space left because we can only have some so many authors in the book. Okay, let, 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 let's, have a, let's have a look at it. And I, I don't know, we'll have to chat with you. I don't, I don't make any promises, of course. And, That's and okay. Whatever, no, well, I'm not either. So I'll have, let's, have a look at, let's have a look at it. And I've got, we've got to decide whether we've got the bandwidth to, um, to give, give it the attention that it needs. But we've, you know, it, might, it, might be, it might be a good opportunity for Gene and I to bring our project to, to something tangible if it fits with the overall theme. But I'm, I'm very, very relaxed. Um, um, but I'll, I'll give it a, a serious look. Yeah, great. Well, I think if you, if, if you, especially if you're working in the leadership space, I mean, 
having Marshall uh, being in the same book is going to really add a lot of clout yeah. to what you do. Um, I mean, he's the he's the number one executive coach in the world. That's Forbes magazine telling you that, not yeah. me. Yeah, um, agree. That's very good. What he does. Well, send send it through and let's have a look. That's a, no worries, mate. Um, brilliant. And um, I should also, when I when I um, develop the collective, I should send out some information to you on that. See if that's something that's yeah. that's to you um, as well. It'd be good to get your feedback on it. Too. Sure. Happy to do so. Brilliant. Okay. Well, you you can have a good weekend. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I just realised I've still kept on recording all of that, so we can. But I'll I'll send it across <laughs> to you all anyway. You can you can cut it and use it as you see see fit. Oh, no problem. Um, but um, no it's worries, been, mate. Been lovely to get to know you. Likewise. Take care, Chris. Take see care. You. All the best. Bye. Hey, you guys. I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.